are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McGool. And today is our all 22 breakdown of the Cowboys win over the Giants in week 15. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'm obviously doing a lot better now that I know that Washington has secured their heated benches. I was really concerned that uh, they weren't going to uh, try to completely copy the Cowboys on every single facet of uh, their franchise. But uh, they did it. They did it, folks. They got th- they got their heated benches and they're bringing them to Dallas, which is really important because uh, the Cowboys play in an indoor stadium. It'll be 60 degrees by the time of kickoff. Most around. little brother thing in the world to do, right? It's after after the Cowboys brought their benches and beat you at your home stadium, now you got to copy them and just do it uh, less well. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to spend any time on Washington. I want to talk about the Cowboys in their division win, their third straight road game. Uh, when I, I want to start with the offense, Landon. Um, yeah. We should start with the running game uh, because mm-hmm. I thought it was improved. Um, yeah. I think the Connor Williams addition certainly helped. It looked like Tony Pollard was healthy, Ezekiel Elliott. I, I, the entire time I was watching this tape, though, I just – can you imagine how good the run game would have been if Blake Jarwin was on the field? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. That was good. Uh, <laughs> In case you didn't see that. Some some media person on ESPN said that the Cowboys' rushing game has struggled because Blake Jarwin is not out there. So. Cough, cough, Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Excuse me. I had a uh, Anyways, uh, it's serious, though. I did think they ran the ball better. It's, it's still not yeah. – it's still not a finished product by any means, but slow improvements, right? I, I think it's pretty close. You know, honestly, like I I thought the running game was was good, not great, kind of go before I went back in and, and rewatched it. But if you go back and watch in <laughs> in the few drives that are anything close to a neutral game script, yeah. uh, the Cowboys dominated in the run game, you know, just absolutely we're, we're killing them. Uh, and, and the scheme looked really great. They were obviously pulling a, a ton more guards, a lot more G scheme stuff, uh, you know, and then obviously the return of Connor Williams had an effect just based on what you could see on film. Uh, but I do think that their uh, willingness to kind of get back into mixing it up with the, in the run game uh, and especially with the G scheme stuff, the G power stuff, because it, it kind of gets all the guys, uh blocking in a way that they feel the most comfortable right like i feel like that connor williams is really good at at kind of getting out in space and hitting targets yep uh your your tight ends are just much more comfortable as down blockers instead of trying to displace defensive ends uh and and move them offline i mean schultz is not a big tight end by any means right no yeah and so like i think it's just it's a scheme that you know really kind of fits what the cowboys do well and 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 it paid dividends for them and again i think if you go back and look at the numbers the cowboys had in the first half running the football win like i said it was more the giants were still not sure you know whether we were running and passing the game the game wasn't completely out of hand that you know at that point before the giants completely uh committed to stopping the run to stop the the clock bleeding uh the cowboys were having a lot of success running the football back kind of close similar to what they had done previously so that was that uh, specifically was really encouraging to go back and watch 
what the first half looked like for the run game and, and how much improved it seems just immediately from where that where it was at that point last week. I agree with you. It, they just seemed like they were having a lot more success. Pollard really did look healthy. Yeah. Um, Zeke definitely looked a little healthier. The, his touchdown run, I think, was the first time. It's like, okay, that's starting to look like the Zeke we saw in the first half of the season. So better. Uh, what about the passing offense? H- how did you think they were in this game when you went back and rewatched the tape? You know, th- there was definitely a few more impressive Dak throws than there were uh, the previous week. Uh you know, including that, I think that the one thing that really stood out to me watching the tape, the one play that really stood out to me watching the tape, simply because I was kind of looking out for it more than previous weeks and just we hadn't seen it in a long time, was there was this throw, I think it was near the end of the second quarter in the red zone where Dak uh, broke the pocket, was rolling left, and was able to throw it down the field uh, to, to, to Lamb for a completion. Uh, and it was that it was pushing off solely off his right calf. And that's honestly been the one throw that I've been like trying to see him make. And and we'll talk about another throw that I think he still needs to kind of improve, get back to where he was on. Right. But you know, that, that specifically the throws where he's having to launch off solely off that calf, similar to the way that he actually injured himself in the new England game. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was able to do it, get the ball down to lamb. He looked, and that looked, like it was right it looked correct it looked like Dak right and that's that's something that was really uh, uh, good to see I don't know that he's still completely comfortable doing it all the time yet um, but I think that the fact that he can do it is, is going to give him more confidence to do it in the, in the future uh, the other thing I would add in and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier is that Dak has really got to hit one of these uh bootlegs where he's hitting the, the deep crosser right yep. it's just yep. it's, it's been a consistent problem for like the last three weeks that he you know, that was where the the inner the pick six happened that was where you know is it, it, it i think he's getting there too late reading it like he's yeah, got to I think he's, he's yeah there's the, the the last two games like the interception and then there was a game uh, there was one in the oakland game too i think uh where it i mean oakland vegas god just it's never gonna Look be it. right for me i um uh, it, it was it was a situation where, again, it kind of goes back to the calf. I feel like he gets out and the, he breaks the 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 the, the you know the, the mesh. He bends back around in the, in the bootleg action, and if he just makes the throw as soon as he gets his head around and finds the target, instead of waiting for a guy to clear or waiting for uh, the angle to get better, each time you know one time he didn't see the linebacker, he stepped in and picked it off. This time he waited so much that. Carter was able to gather himself. And when he tries to like loft it over the top of Carter, Carter makes incredible uh, athletic play and tips it away. I just think that if he can get around out of the mesh point, out of the bootleg action and just throw the ball uh, to that second level. Now look, there is improvement, right? He was able to get it down to uh, it may have been uh, sprinkle. I think in, in one of these and pick up some positive yards, which is good. But ultimately if you want to see some more, of this explosive passing game, I think the Cowboys are going to have to find a way to get Dak back to feeling comfortable about throwing that deep crosser on those bootlegs. Cause I mean, there's just several plays where it felt like there were missed opportunities there for big plays. And the Cowboys offense is really based on those play action throws. I mean, Dak killed teams earlier in his career and earlier this season on those plays, right? Because if they're having to worry about CD lamb stretching across the field, that opens Dalton Schultz underneath to catch a, you know, a pass that goes for one air yard that all of a sudden turns into a 13-yard gain. So 
I think it's coming. It's just the timing has been a little off for whatever reason over the last couple months. I think we'll get there. I do want to talk about the receivers, though, Landon. Yes, please. St- something's still going on with those guys, but let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Boost Mobile. You guys listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You can switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of the Locked on Cowboys podcast. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power too and the power of America's largest 5G network so you can do all of it at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. We also want to tell you guys about On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That is onlocationexp.com slash Super Bowl 56. All right, let's talk about the receivers. Yeah. Are you getting a little nervous that Amari Cooper is just not going to be a big part of this offense going forward? Because I'm just not sure if he's healthy, whether it's stack. It's just there's the timing is off. What's going on with Amari here? I, I feel like there is some, some like, uh, that Dak and him are not on, you know, no. I don't know that it's necessary Cooper not being healthy. I mean, I feel, I feel like there's still times when I see Cooper getting open uh, and Dak's not getting the ball. And, and uh, obviously most notably the fumble that, uh, that was uh, caused when Dak was trying to get outside and throw it all the way back across the field to an open Cooper. There was a, a couple other times when I saw Cooper open down the field and Dak didn't get the ball to him uh, just, you know, because of the situation that was happening. Uh, I I, I want to see it, it's like a lot of other things, right? Where I want to see Cooper at on the Cowboys turf before I'm. He's I, always I know. been a guy that's been better at home than on the road, always. I, I and specifically, I think you know on turf versus you know yeah. in, on field because it's just one of those things where he, uh, it, it, it further accentuates his advantage of his of movement skills, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's you know really it seems like to me that the problem is that. Lamb, we've we talked about this. Lamb needs to kind of tighten things up. He needs to be a little bit more efficient as a receiver. Uh, Cooper, uh, you know, and Dak are struggling to kind of connect on a real, uh, on a, in a real way. I mean, I, you know, people were talking about. I, I saw people on Twitter talking about how he didn't get enough targets. He got as many targets as any receiver in the game uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, he he just only connected on two of them, and they were short passes. So they definitely need to find a way to get him more involved. Uh, and then on top of that, so we got Lamb not being completely efficient, not getting able to get Cooper the ball. You know, Gallup is not necessarily your high efficiency wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and I think if if you're struggling to kind of get those two uh, open, there isn't a lot of room for Gallup to operate on his own. If especially with Mofo coverages, with middle of the field open coverages, where they're they're, they're kind of bending the, the safeties out to the sidelines to just sp- simply prevent Michael Gallup type receptions down the field. So 
the good news for the Cowboys there is that, you know, I think they found a, a, a formula that works against playing against these shell coverages uh, with, you know, with their, their improved run game, yep. having Pollard out as a, as a, uh, as a kind of, outlet receiver and then working Schultz in the middle of the field between the seams that seems to work. Now the element that they need to add in that you saw at different points, but they just weren't able to connect is the occasional deep shot when they provide you the opening opening, right? They did give Cowboys a couple of cover one cover three looks and the Cowboys just weren't able to really connect on some of those deep passes. One of them was the ball that the wind took that Gallup uh, had to try to make a catch on the underthrow. Uh, there's mm-hmm. another one I said to mention that Cooper got deep that they didn't get to. So when they provide you the opportunity to take your shots, you need to connect on those. And again, back to the crossing route, the deep crosser routes on the on the on the uh, on the bootlegs that will work as well. If you if you know if CD Lamb catches like I said, and I said this after the game, if CD Lamb catches just two of those passes that he dropped, uh, we're talking about a completely different situation. We're talking about a game where the Cowboys score thirty points. Probably. So, you know, I, I think that th- this, this team is not far off from where people want them yep. to be. But at the same time, where they are is not a bad place to be. I mean, this is, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's that Ryan Clark comment yesterday that you can't win football games of the way that this offense is playing. We did. We have you. You are winning. You are winning games yeah, you in, are. in the NFL with, with this offense. So I think that you would like to see the offense get back to where it was simply because it, it provides you that path to victory back in that opportunity in your, in your uh, future. But I think for where we are right now, who the Cowboys are playing for the rest for these last few games, the way that they're playing and the way that they're trending is good enough to get them through the rest yep. of the season. Uh, I just looked this up while you were talking uh, Amari Cooper during his Cowboy career on artificial turf, 72 receiving yards per game, 14 yards a catch. On grass, 11 yards per catch, 54 receiving yards a game. My guess is once they get home this week, he's probably going to be a little bit more efficient, right? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I we almost we almost got lulled to sleep in all this and forgot that we were in the middle at the end of a three-game road streak, right? We just hadn't played in, in, in 18 Well, the Cowboys, yeah, think about it. The Cowboys but... have not played home games since Thanksgiving, right? So, yeah. Or not, yeah, that's... Thanksgiving. That's a long time. So, uh, you know, I think for the Cowboys, uh, doing all this and winning these games on the road, it, it felt like an afterthought for a lot of people's evaluation, yep. but it's not easy to win on the road. It, and it, so, It is kind of crazy that the Cowboys will go from Thanksgiving until after Christmas between home games, uh, and they managed to win all of them. So, yeah, uh, they are certainly in a good spot. Um, I, I want to spend a lot of time on the defense, Lana, because yeah. – <laughs> To be honest, that was the most fun defensive tape I think I've watched all season. That was just really enjoyable. Uh, so let's take a quick break. That way we can spend the, the next 10 minutes talking about them. I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Uh, right now, you can bet on the Cowboys to to beat the Washington football team. I believe they're like nine and a half point favorites next That's Sunday good. night. Not bad. Uh, bet Online has you covered for all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take it take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
I actually bet on the Steelers today on Bet Online, uh, seven to one to win the AFC North. So I recommend that you guys go ahead and do that. So. Got to bet on your favorite team. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the Cowboys defense. Where would you like to start? I, I've got some notes that I'd like to get to, but where where do you want to go? I mean, I think that the majority of our conversation needs to be about the defensive line because it's yeah. absolutely incredible. So let's start with the defensive backfield, and then we can work our way okay. front, right? Um, I, I, for me, I think the defensive backfield story, besides it's some incredible coverage throughout the day uh, by Trayvon Diggs, who, who just was, basically – He was excellent. This was maybe ab- one of his best Absolutely games. excellent. Yep. That, that – that, that, that pass deflection on the slant, the interception. I say the, the, I, the deflection was actually better than the interception. Yeah, it was just beautiful, beautiful technique. Um, and he really can play those kind of guys well. Uh, but I think the guy that I, I really I feel like we had to talk about first is Malik Hooker. I mean, yeah. Malik Hooker has we've and we've mentioned it the last few weeks that it's just hey, 28's playing some good football. Maybe he should play some more snaps. 28's playing a little bit better. Maybe we should get him on the field a little bit more. I thought that you know the Giants game was his coming out party. Like that's the Malik Hooker that I remember watching at Ohio State, and I haven't seen in mm-hmm. three or four years. Because you know people talked about when we got him, like, oh, he's just you know he's he, you know in college he's just a ball hawk, and he was a guy Which that he is. you know he was he was a, he was a really he, good and, ball. But that but that the reason that took away from what he uh, other things he did as well, right? That's that's it, and and that's the thing is the reason he's a top ten pick is not just because he's a ball hawk, it's because he can do all that stuff. And then he can fill in the alley the way he did on that one down where he was like a lightning bolt through the gap in, to make the tackle. It's, it's just a, a solid physical safety who can play the back end. He's truly a versatile player uh, in the back end in a way that you don't really see very often. Um, I, I mean, I, I think to me, you're seeing a guy who's finally getting comfortable uh, with the scheme, finally getting healthy fully, and 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 maybe the first time in years for this guy, uh, who has got the the wealth of knowledge of of several NFL seasons underneath his belt. You know, we could see a Randy Gregory type late season, a late late career resurgence with this guy, where it finally all you know all that talent, all that. Uh, 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 potential finally got a chance to kind of unfurl itself, you know, with some space to kind of get healthy, to learn a system uh, and have great players around him. So I, I tweeted it after the game, you know, you think this defense is good right now. Imagine if Malik Hooker starts playing up to his potential, that, that it, it would take this defense uh, to another stratosphere. He had four defensive stops in this game, which is incredible for uh, really a free safety, right? Like the the tackle that you're talking about was maybe the best play I've seen him make in a couple of years where he just yeah. flies down and makes the tackle. I believe – was that on Barkley? I believe. Um, yeah. He, he was excellent. And I know there's some chance uh, – there's some talk that the Cowboys should up his snaps. He played 32 snaps in this game. But I'm almost wondering if this is more maintenance to make sure that he doesn't injure himself, right? Like – it's a sweet spot, like 25 to 35 snaps a game and kind of rotate him in there because we know he's been very injury prone in his career. And this is a good way to make sure he's in the action, but you're not using him up too much. Yeah, I agree. That's the concern is that, you know, teams in the past, especially the Colts, it, when they've had him before, they if you know you feel like you have to use him, right? Because and you really need to he's wear so him good. out because he's so good and, and, and he's, you know, it, at that point, he's a first-round pick that you would spend on him. 
the Cowboys, because of the cost you know, there, you, you can afford to just rotate him in and play them a good amount of snaps that you mm-hmm. want and not feel like you have to force him because you have three other guys that you feel really good about it. I am never not going to be like over the moon or or shocked by the fact that I am just saying out loud that the Cowboys have four good safeties. Like we couldn't even get two good safeties. Couldn't even find one good safety. We were so excited when Donovan Wilson would make a play. It's like, wait, do the Cowboys have a safety? It's crazy. It's crazy, and and really, it, it just speaks to we and we talked about this before the season. There's two things, right? One. You can never predict what's going to happen in an NFL season. It's just too unpredictable. Because, two, if the Cowboys being the best defense in football currently isn't the most unpredictable thing in the NFL, I really don't know what is. And in order for for that to happen, in order for for, for a team that you would hoped at the very best would be middle of the pack to become what is now probably the best defense in football right now, uh, you have to have a series of – it truly shocking events happen. And I think there is nothing more shocking outside of maybe how good Micah Parsons is. There is nothing more shocking on this Cowboys defense than how good the safety play has been for these. Four it's guys. really important that the Cowboys do have multiple safeties that are used to playing because I think once they get to the playoffs, the safeties are going to become more important than the linebackers because like, let's say they start off with San Francisco in round one. You're going to have to cover George Kittle and Debo yeah. Samuel and Kyle Huszczyk, yeah. and you're going to want safeties that you can play in space that can tackle. I think we'll see a lot of big nickel looks with, yep. you know, kind of J. Ron Curse playing one of the linebacker spots. Maybe we'll see more of Donovan Wilson as basically a pseudo linebacker. Malik Hooker obviously starting to play some more. So having three guys like that plus KZ does give you a lot of a lot of flexibility. And I also think we should mention this because we have not mentioned his name once during the season, but like the Cowboys still have Izzy Mukamu, um, like just hanging out on the roster, just watching. Uh, does feel like he's probably going to be in there, not the plans this year, but like they're not having to rush somebody like that yeah. onto the field this year, like they have had in previous seasons, right? Absolutely, and, and you know, it, rising tide, you know, rises all ships. So I think it's it's helping everybody. Uh, you know, with their snap counts, which helps their performance. It's it it just feeds in, in the same way that we've seen all the negative stuff feed into each other on the on our defense in the past. All the positive play and all the all the fact that you have all this depth that's feeding in, in a positive, it's like a fo- positive feedback mm-hmm. loop that you're getting with you know. Oh, you don't have to play, and we'll talk about with the defensive line. You don't have to play Demarcus Lawrence all 63 snaps. Well, what does that mean for the the, the 40 snaps that he does play? It means he's playing out of his mind, you know, and then that's, it it just kind of feeds into this positive, uh, like I said, positive feedback loop that makes everybody play football better because they're not being pushed to their limits. They're, they're, they're playing an appropriate amount of snaps and they don't have to feel like they have to be the person to make the play uh, on every single play because they have a bunch of different guys on this defense uh, th- that can all do what they do, what needs to get done. That can make the play. You know, I mean, you got Jordan Lewis with three interceptions this year, like, and and, and just got stuff like that. I mean, it's just they're just it, the blood's in the water with with within this defense is around it, and they just swarm in a way that we haven't really seen in, I mean, a decade plus, honestly, for the Cowboys. I also want to mention Anthony Brown because I thought he was really good in this game. Uh, he eight targets, five receptions for sixty yards, but none of them were really big plays or anything like that. Uh, 
when you're constantly being the most targeted cornerback to not have, they had one bad game against the Raiders, right? And that was a game yeah. in which he got a couple tiki tack calls against them. But other than that, he's been really solid. In fact, Landon, do you realize that in his, in his last five games, he's been targeted 35 times and has allowed only 182 yards. Uh, that's not a lot of, of, of yards when you're being targeted that much. And when you're an outside corner, yeah, if you give up a reception, it's typically going to be for more than 10 yards. So I, I just think he's been really, really good this season. That's all. I, I don't think he will. And I think that, you know, the numbers kind of don't necessarily tell the tale of, of, of this, but I think he's played at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, yeah, he's I not really going to make do. a Pro Bowl, but he's he been, won't. he's been, he's so been targeted. Good. He's been burned at times. And I, but, but I mean, again, if you want to, if you want to inject the context uh, of the fact that he is being targeted at a rate that is, I mean, he has to be close to the top of the NFL, right? Because so he's, are just he's not... been targeted 102 times this season. He's allowed three touchdowns and has three interceptions. Quarterbacks yeah. currently have a passer rating of 78 when they target him. Yeah, and and like that's that's really impressive when you consider how many targets that is, and and they're not targeting Anthony Brown uh, Brown because like he's okay. He's being burning every. He's being burned by everyone. They're targeting because they don't want to throw a digs, right? right? So, well, and just to show you, like the, the NFL average passer rating is ninety this year, and he he has a seventy eight passer rating when they're targeting. So you're getting below average quarterback play whenever you throw at him, which is fantastic for your number two cornerback. Like that's just so good, and it's even further fantastic when it's your number two cornerback who's being targeted like at a rate almost twice as much as everybody yeah. else. Right. So that means that, that even almost on a per play a basis, yeah, it's bringing down the, 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 the passer rating of the quarterback. I mean, imagine if, it, I mean, again, think about where this team would be if Anthony Brown was having a, a bad season, right? Oh, yeah. like, and, 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 and he was giving up a hundred QB rating uh, whenever he's targeted. Suddenly all those yards and touch, touchdowns start piling up in a way that they aren't right now. So the fact that he's able to hold offenses so low with so many targets, I think it just indicates how good he's playing right now. The best thing about Anthony Brown this year is he's not missed a lot of tackles. He's got six straight games without missing a tackle. That's yeah. really, really important when you're going to be targeted as often as you are. Uh, doesn't allow it doesn't allow a lot of big plays. Doesn't give up a lot of touchdowns. Makes interceptions and tackles. Tackles, like and tackles of the run to me. I don't know, Lee. Yeah. It tackles in the run game too. Like the, the, yep. he does everything, you know, like yep. he does it all and he does it pretty well. It's just not very flashy and, and he isn't getting the same amount of interceptions as yep. the other guy, but it's look, trust me when I say that if Anthony Brown wasn't having a good season, the You'd Cowboys know. would know about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would you know. know. That'd be the yeah. first thing we talk about every, every uh, Sunday night here is man, the Cowboys need another corner. Like <laughs> you let's finally in. We have not once all season talked about, about you know the Cowboys Jeff. really could use Patrick Sertan. It's really oh, yeah. too bad that the the Broncos took Sertan ahead of you. Like we haven't had that conversation once. We haven't had one call for Kelvin Joseph. You not know, one. like I mean, think about or that let's say or let's see Nation like, Wright or let's see more yeah. Jordan Lewis. Not one. And 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 the benefit, guys, like the benefit of not having to rush those guys into the lineup. I mean. It's huge. You know, it's 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 getting these guys to slow play, learn how to be a professional first. And and, and what you're seeing is Kelvin Joseph is developing into a hell of a special teams yep. player. And that's only going to help his confidence when it's time for him to step on the field and play defense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, and that's a when really things, good side long term. Yeah. When, when, when things are good, they feed in. It's a feed, positive feedback loop. You, you, you let your young guys get get 
more time to get better. You let your older guys who don't mm -hmm. want to take as many snaps have a good amount of solid snaps that isn't going to wear them down. It's just a lot of very positive things happening on the defensive side of the ball right now. Uh, I can't believe we're already running out of time on this show. There's just so much more to talk about. Um, we got to talk about the defensive line first. So give, give me, give me some defensive line takes. Yeah, we'll, I just want to, uh, the big one for me is Neville Gallimore. And we talked about DeMarcus yeah. Lawrence. He was the best player in the field to me. We don't need to spend a lot of time on him. This defensive line is just so much different with Vin Gallimore. He's not perfect. He's not a Pro Bowl player or anything like that. It's just he's so much better than the other options. And I thought Carlos Watkins played well. I thought this was one of the better games for Carlos Watkins. But Gallimore just changes things, man. When you get a guy that can rush the passer and can stop the run and he's athletic and can make hustle plays down the line, here's what I'd say. There's a, in a lot of those situations – on Sunday, he was your worst defensive lineman on the field. And that kind of tells you something, right? When yeah. Neville Gallimore is so much better than everybody else and he's still your worst offensive li or defensive lineman, your defensive line's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys just don't have another defensive lineman like Neville Gallimore, no. right? Because he is a guy who can you can play him at the nose and he'll destroy your center. He can, You can play him in a gap and he'll shoot through the gap and, and pass rush. He can do basically anything that you want a deep a single defensive tackle to do and the cowboys have been getting by with kind of specialists at the position right of guys like you know osa osa diggy zoo is closer is probably the closest guy who could do a little bit of both but he's also 290 pounds soaking wet yeah. right you suddenly you get a guy who is a true bully who can throw guys around uh who can you know i, I saw him toss will hernandez to the ground at one point yeah. Uh, and, and just like bully his way, push the pocket, uh, uh, and do things that, that that other single defensive tackles can't do. That you normally would have to sub in a different guy here and there to get this thing. I, I think having him is, is is kind of unlocked a bunch of stuff. Yep. I think I think it, it also allows you the opportunity to only deploy guys like ninety nine and ninety eight when you need to uh, clog up the middle. And I thought them playing with less snaps allowed you the opportunity to get them out there deploy them in, in, in early down situations and just completely muddy up the middle of their offensive line and, and, and muddy up their, their run game reads. So uh, the Cowboys ability to create mismatches with alignments uh, and line up lots of, you know, the inverted defensive yep. defensive lines where you have the defensive tackles as the ends of the ends of the uh, tackles, all of that just creates a bunch of mismatches with guys who are all playing at a high level right now. Um, and it's it's really making life difficult for. I mean, you know, look, we played Glennon and Heineke the last two weeks. It doesn't matter though. Like whoever matter. whoever you put in that pocket is going to feel uncomfortable. They may perform better, but they're they're definitely not going to feel comfortable in the pocket uh, with this group coming after them. All right, we're gonna play a little game of true or false, just because I think this is really fun. Uh, yeah. True or false? Osa Odigizuwa has more career snaps than Neville Gallimore. That's probably true. Actually, it's true. Uh, wow. True or false? Osa Odigizua has more career snaps than Tristan Hill. That's probably true as well. Because uh, he played a Hill, ton of snaps, man. I mean, he's just played five hundred so snaps. snaps. Tristan That's Hill has crazy. like four eighty, and uh, Neville Gallimore's got like four twenty-two. You got three defensive tackles that are very, very inexperienced. That we really don't have any idea what the ceiling is going to be like for any of these three guys yet. Kind of yeah, crazy. absolutely. Yeah, it's really great. And, and the way that they've been deploying them and using them has been awesome. Uh, and then to have guys like Watkins is like your 
suddenly you're down roster defensive tackle and then uh, Bohana is really coming on and, and, uh, and, um, uh, completely blanked on ju- uh, Hamilton's Hamilton. and Hamilton's uh, ability. Too bad uh, Urban got hurt though, because I think they could have used him still a little bit. But. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, geez, look how look how talented that room suddenly is now that you've added a topper on there. It's like they've got a lot of depth, and then that's not even including all the defensive end guys who can kick inside as all well. Right. Really quickly, just to hit on a couple more players, just one sentence on all these guys. Uh, <laughs> how about Leighton Van Rush? Playing better. You know, that's all you can ask. Just keeping his head above water. It hasn't always been great. There's been ugly times, but but I, I would say better than he had been the previous three or four weeks. I would say still a step backwards from last week. I thought he was much much better from last, last week. week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But maybe better than he had been the weeks, in the, especially that twelve game, uh, thirteen day stretch where he, he played three games that he was just awful. Better defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong or Terrell Basham. They're both playing really good football. I, I I want Armstrong simply because he's so versatile. Like the, the stuff you saw him doing at defensive tackle was incredible. Like you know, standing up guards on yeah. his own, uh, that was just really impressive. Uh, Casey, you know, I mean, he's he's probably my least favorite of those four safeties. Uh, but I, I'm not he trying kill to kill him yet. off. Yeah, he doesn't kill them. You know, so I, I'm I'm mostly okay with him. I think he is a guy though. Like you probably like if you have to make a priority on which safeties to sign next year, he's probably the last one, right? Probably, yeah, I would say so. And, and he, he might get he might actually get more money on the open market than some of the other safeties because he's played a ton of snaps. He's been fairly healthy through his career, um, but he's probably the one that I least want back. I think that's fair. Yeah, right? I mean, I think that's fair. It's, yeah. it's just you know one of those situations where. He's been good, but not great. And you've got three you other find guys that if you who need that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, tune in tomorrow as we answer your Twitter questions. We've got a crossover podcast with the Washington football team coming on Thursday. And then we've got our game preview on Christmas Eve, Landon, talking about this Cowboy Washington game uh, for the division. Depends on a little bit what happens tonight with the Eagles in Washington. Um, I part of me kind of wants this game to be for the division. I mean, I mean it's not going to be for the division for Washington, but it would be really cool if the Cowboys could win this game and celebrate on their home field that they won the NFC East. That would be that would be kind of cool. So it's always does, preferable, I would say. For sure. Yeah. Does that mean we're having to root for Philadelphia tonight? I'm not doing that on purpose. So uh, <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to make me unconscious uh, if, that, if that's what uh, I have to do because I'm not doing that consciously. He is at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.